Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. This week it's the turn of listening again. We've got uh, section four, a difficult one, but a really important topic as well. So I'm going to be talking about the topic and how relevant it is and comparing it to lots of other listenings and readings that we've done. So it shows how important the topic is. And we're also looking at a grammar point that comes up a lot. And I'll tell you about that after the listening, because there's a practice section in my Instagram stories for you today. I quite often do a practice grammar based on this uh, language of assumptions. It's difficult, high-level grammar, but it comes up so often in the more difficult texts, like this section four. So it's really important that you're familiar with it and that it doesn't distract you when you're listening. The topic, as I mentioned before, is a really common one. The title is The Hunt for Sunken Settlements and Ancient Shipwrecks. So we've talked about this a lot before. I found a reading here that has a lot of vocabulary in common with it. It's on my website and it's called um, Beyond the Blue Horizon. So it's that topic of ancient civilizations. And in the story of Beyond the Blue Horizon, it's about um, a burial site, an ancient burial site that they discovered and excavated it. And in this site, they found these burial urns, which had the remains, uh, human remains, and they were able to find out a lot about the Lapita people. They were seafaring people, um, which means that they, they went to sea a lot. And this is very, very similar to this text, because it's about ships which have sunk and the discovery of things that were buried in urns in these ships. So the the topic is just so similar. This is a listening. The Lapita is a reading. Um, but the, the vocabulary I hope you'll see is a chance for you to review that topic of ancient civilizations. It is gap fill, again, yet again. Most of the gaps are nouns. So I always think you've got a choice between uh, a plural noun or an uncountable one. And the uncountable ones are often um, substances, like we had a couple of weeks ago. I think we had things like sand and glass. Well, it's exactly the same here, as you'll see. There's a quite a large introduction before you get to the first gap. So I'm going to give you the bullet points. The title or the subtitle is Atlit Yam. Of course, that's the name of a place we've never heard of. And there are four bullet points. It says Atlit Yam was a village on the coast of eastern Mediterranean. It thrived until about 7000 BC. So, you know, listen out, 
like you do in the reading for these words, 7,000 is a number, easy to recognise. BC is quite easy to recognise. Um, the village was made up of stone homes, which had a courtyard. And they also had a semicircle of large stones round a something. So that's what we're listening for. Try to identify odd words like semicircle. That is quite an odd word. It stands out and helps you know that you're in the right place. So this is a shape, a semicircle of large stones around something. So that's what you're listening for. So the lecturer starts. In today's class, I'm going to talk about marine archaeology, the branch of archaeology focusing on human interaction with the sea, lakes and rivers. It's the study of ships, cargoes, shipping facilities and other physical remains. I'll give you an example, then go on to show how this type of research is being transformed by the use of the latest technology. That was the long introduction before he comes to the place called Atlit Yam. Atlit Yam was a village on the coast of the eastern Mediterranean, which seems to have been thriving until around 7,000 BC. The residents kept cattle, caught fish and stored grain. They had wells for fresh water. Many of their houses were built around a courtyard and were constructed of stone. Now, don't be tricked by that. Their houses were built around a courtyard because courtyard is given to you in the bullet points. It's a signal. You're waiting for the next sentence, which is a semicircle. The village contained an impressive monument, seven half-ton stones standing in a semicircle around a spring that might have been used for ceremonial purposes. So they said a seven, oh sorry, seven half-ton stones standing in a semicircle around a spring. So the answer is simply spring, spring like water, not the season. And then it goes on to the next three bullet points. Causes of destruction unknown, now under the sea. Next bullet point, biggest settlement from the prehistoric period found on the seabed. Next bullet point, research carried out into structures, something and human remains. So you're listening out for the word research that they carried out into three things. Structures, which we, we guess from what we know about this topic is they always look into the way they lived. So it's looking into their buildings, what they built. Something and human remains. Human remains was one of those key words in the text, the reading text about the Lapita. 
called Beyond the Blue Horizon. Okay, uh, let's go. So, Atlit Yam may have been destroyed swiftly by a tsunami, or climate change may have caused glaciers to melt and sea levels to rise, flooding the village gradually. Whatever the cause, it now lies 10 metres below the surface of the Mediterranean, buried under sand at the bottom of the sea. It's been described as the largest and best preserved prehistoric settlement ever found on the seabed. So that's the bullet point where coming up to where it says the biggest settlement found on the seabed. Now we're looking for the research. For marine archaeologists, Atlet Yam is a treasure trove. Research on the buildings, tools and the human remains has revealed how the bustling village once functioned and even what diseases some of its residents suffered from. That's it. So the word research came up, research on the buildings, tools and the human remains. So the answer is tools with an S, it's plural. Now we've got a new heading and it says traditional autonomous underwater vehicles or AUVs. Do say that to yourself, say AUV, because it's going to come up in the text and we don't want that to distract you. There are two bullet points and two gaps. One used in the oil industry, e.g., for example, to make something. And then second bullet point, the problems. They were expensive and something. So we're looking at these traditional underwater vehicles. What were they used for and what were their problems? Underwater research used to require divers to find shipwrecks or artefacts. But in the second half of the 20th century, various types of underwater vehicles were developed, some controlled from a ship on the surface and some of them autonomous, which means they don't need to be operated by a person. Autonomous underwater vehicles, or AUVs, are used in the oil industry, for instance, for instance to create maps of the seabed before rigs and pipelines are installed. So it's used in the oil industry, for example, to make what? And they say, for instance, to create maps of the seabed. Now, obviously, maps of the seabed is four words. You are only allowed one word for this one. So the answer is maps, plural. Now, remember, we're listening for the problems. So get ready to hear a, a change in tone that signals something negative. To navigate, they use sensors such as compasses and sonar. 
Until relatively recently, they were very expensive and so heavy that they had to be launched from a large vessel with a winch. What, what, what are the problems? They're expensive and so heavy. So the gap here says problems, they were expensive and answer is heavy. Adjective, of course, not a noun, um, but the rest are nouns, yes. Okay, so the next heading says latest AUVs, much easier to use and relatively cheap and sophisticated. So there's a paragraph there for that bullet point. It says, but the latest AUVs are much easier to manoeuvre. They can be launched from the shore or a small ship and they're much cheaper, which makes them more accessible to research teams. They're also very sophisticated. They can communicate with each other and, for example, work out the most efficient way to survey a site or to find particular objects on the seabed. So that whole paragraph was one bullet point. Now there's another heading. It says tests, tests. And there's only one bullet point. It says Maza Memi Sicily. So that's going to stand out, that Maza Memi Sicily. Found ancient Roman ships carrying architectural elements made of something. So we're talking about Rome here. What, what do you associate with Rome and the buildings in Rome? What material did they use? Well, let's see if you can guess. And when you listen, they say, uh, for example, in a trial, sorry, first line, field tests. So that's the title. Show the approach can work. For example, in a trial in 2015, three AUVs searched for wrecks at Mazamemi off the coast of Sicily. The site is the final resting place of an ancient Roman ship which sank in the 6th, 6th century AD while ferrying prefabricated marble elements for the construction of an early church. The AUVs mapped the area in detail, finding other ships carrying columns of the same material. So you could possibly guess it from that. You know, what kind of columns is, is Rome famous for? But they did, of course, say it. They said the ship sank while ferrying prefabricated marble elements. So prefabricated is quite a tricky word, means they were ready-made, I guess. Marble, that is the answer. They like it, difficult spelling, M-A-R-B-L-E. Uncountable, no S. And again, it's a substance. The next heading is underwater internet. And the first word is a gap. It says something is used for short distance communication, acoustic waves for long distance. So we've got the long distance acoustic waves. We need to know what is used 
for short distance communication. Creating an internet in the sea for AUVs to communicate is no easy matter. Wi-Fi networks on land use electromagnetic waves, but in water, these will only travel a few centimetres. Instead, a more complex mix of technologies is required. Instead often leads you to the answer, and words like rather than are the tricks. So rather than doing one thing, instead we do the correct answer. So this is what we've got here. Remember, we're looking for what is used for short distance communication. For short distances, AUVs can share data using light, while acoustic waves are used to communicate over long distances. So there you have it. They can share data using light. L-I-G-H-T, silent G, they love that. And it's uncountable again, an uncountable kind of substance. Next bullet point is about plans for communication with researchers by satellite. And then the final bullet point is the gap. AUV can send data to another AUV that has better something, for example. So we're looking for how they, not how they send information, but why they send information to another AUV. Why is it better? What does it have? Um, but more creative solutions are also being developed where an AUV working on the seabed offloads data to a second AUV, which then surfaces and beams the data home to the research team using a satellite. Now, we talked about the second one, but we still haven't had the answer yet. So keep listening. There's also a system that enables AUVs to share information from seabed scans and other data. So if an AUV surveying the seabed finds an intriguing object, it can share coordinates of the object, that is its position, with a nearby AUV that carries superior cameras. That's it, that carries superior cameras. Superior, synonym for better, and the answer is cameras. In the text, it's plural with an S, but here they seem to allow a singular camera because it's in note form. The summary is always in note form. So if you said that has better camera, for example, then it's correct in note form. The final title is Planned Research in Gulf of Barati. So Barati again stands out, is a signal for where the answer lies. So make sure in that 20, 30 seconds that you look for all of those odd words, capital letters, numbers, exactly like you do in the reading test. To find out more 
about wrecks of ancient Roman ships, including, now this bullet point has two gaps, so you have to be quite fast. One carrying something supplies. Tablets may have been used for cleaning the something. You might want to think about collocations with supplies. What kind of supplies do uh, ships carry? And tablets may have been used for cleaning what? Marine archaeologists are excited about the huge potential of these AUVs for their discipline. One site where they're going to be deployed is the Gulf of Barati off the Italian coast. In 1974, a 2,000-year-old Roman vessel was discovered here in 18 metres of water. When it sank, it was carrying medical goods in wooden or tin receptacles. That's it. So that's what, what it was carrying. It was carrying medical goods. Synonym for goods is supplies. So the answer is medical one word, medical supplies. Now we're listening for why they used or what they used the tablets for. Its cargo gives us insight into the treatments available all those years ago, including tablets that are thought to have been dissolved to form a cleansing liquid for the eyes. That is the answer, a cleansing liquid for the eyes. Now, eyes is not difficult, it's plural, E-Y-E-S, but in fast speech, the becomes the eyes. So my students missed this because they said ice, because it sounded like the ice. So it's the eyes. Last one, 40. Again, you might be able to guess this from your knowledge of ancient Roman history. Uh, others carrying containers of olive oil or something. So what were they carrying? Other Roman ships went down nearby, taking their cargoes with them. Some held huge pots made of terracotta. Some were used for transporting cargoes of olive oil. And others held wine. Again, another substance, uncountable. The first one they gave you was olive oil. The second one they asked you for was wine. And that is the answer. So, as I said, very, very typical. Lots of very similar answers that have come up before. So, as always, the more you do, the more familiar you'll be with the type of words that they're looking for. You'll be able to spell them. You'll be able to predict them and you'll remember to use plural S when you need to. And you'll uh, also have the double benefit of getting a lot of practice by listening to the, the text themselves. It's the best way to practice for IELTS. 
you can listen to the news and enjoy TV and films and everything like that, but nothing will be as good as listening to real IELTS tests and examining them, not just leaving them, checking your answers and doing the next one. There's so much more that you can do um, with the listening text when you have the tape strip script script go back through it sorry i'm trying to read and talk at the same time in this particular one i mentioned the very very important language of assumptions this is when you're guessing about the past based on evidence now because um when you guess about the present you say it may be it might be it could be it can't be, it must be. But when you do that about the past, you say it may have been, it could have been, it might have been, it must have been. And this is what you can see lots of examples of in this text. So I'm just going to go through them um, for you to become more familiar and confident with it. I do have a whole set of lessons on my Instagram, actually, Um we did a whole lesson about assumptions. Um, if you find a picture of, I think it was like Cinderella, I used that um, with the prince saying she, I must, she must have disappeared. Things like that. When suddenly Cinderella goes, um, yeah. Anyway, so I've done a whole lesson on that, but also on Instagram today you can uh, practice it and. I have a video, I'll put the link in. Um, it's the video about the reading I was talking about, the Lapita, um, Beyond the Blue Horizon. That has about 10 examples of um, must have been, could have been. Oh, I'm looking at it now. It says, it's, they're trying to guess about what the why the Lapita, um, what happened to them. And it says, there has been this assumption that they mastered the advanced art of sailing. And they based on that assumption. Anyway, it's on 10, 11 minutes in. I'll, I'll put the link for you. Okay, but let's look at the grammar here. It says, Atlet Yam um, seems to have been thriving. Seems to have been thriving. What a complex grammar structure. So your guessing seems to, in the past, have been talking about an action. So it's continuous. Seems to have been thriving. And thriving is also a key IELTS word. To thrive means to prosper, to be successful. The opposite, of course, is to suffer. But this city was thriving, they think, seems to have been thriving. What happened? Well, they don't know. It may have been destroyed by a tsunami. It may have been. Past tense. And that's passive. Difficult, complex grammar again. It may have been destroyed. Or climate change, another key word, may have caused, may have caused, Glaciers to melt and sea levels to rise, those key IELTS words.
then it says, where's the other one? Hang on. <laughs> oh, this is an interesting one. It says, including tablets that are thought to have been dissolved. Now, so difficult. They are thought. So that's passive. And it means some people think they are thought to have been. So it's past dissolved passive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, that is the language of assumption. And it's really important that you recognize it because there are examples throughout uh, both the readings and the listenings, especially the high level ones, which are based on research and based on people guessing about history. Like the other one is about how the pyramids were built and they think it must they must have been built um, by uh, kites, or they could have been built by kites. Same thing. They're, they're always guessing about the past. Okay, I think that is it. Yeah, so there is a lot of vocabulary there. Quick run through marine archaeology, marine relating to the sea, of course. Archaeology in itself is... Uh, really important vocabulary item. Uh, the residents kept cattle. Cattle we have seen in a gap fill recently, C-A-T-T-L-E, meaning cows. They had wells for fresh water. There's a whole reading about step wells on my website, really important topic. Um, constructed of stone, so the building topic is important, the impressive monument, um, ceremonial purposes. Then we've got the natural disasters, destroyed by tsunami, climate change, glaciers melting, sea levels rising, flooding the village gradually. The fact that whole story is about a village buried, B-U-R-I-E-D, under the sand, that's important, and it's a prehistoric settlement. Um, they 